0: Hey okay, everyone, and welcome to the episode 26 of The e Guys. My name is Nates Jorga Durmin, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. David Charney.
1: Hey, Nates. Hello, everyone. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Getting warmer outside slightly, although it's a lot warmer where you are, I think, across the globe. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm starting to want to venture outside away from the computer, but I haven't quite done it yet. <laughs> Well,
0: I I'm I'm already out. I'm recording this out in the middle of the vineyard. So, yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. how that's how warm it is.
1: Yeah. No, just kidding. Yep. That's a lie. If...
0: <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so, we have some tips, we have some review tips, storyline tips, newbie tips, mistakes, and I'll start with I have a new computer. Yay! <laughs> Yay! My very very good iMac from 2010 uh, is on his way out, on its way out, and I got a new iMac 2017 5K, awesome display, much faster processor. So, yeah, you can imagine like seven years difference. That's
1: big, big. That's big. Yeah. Does it have a uh, Does it have a turbo button on it? No, I I, did, I chipped out did, for the turbo button. <laughs> did you ever a computer with a turbo button on it?
0: I I remember the turbo button. Yeah, that was
1: that was fun. Because <laughs> like the processors were too fast, and you could slow down yeah. the computer so your games would work.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I remember when it was running fast, like like the character in the game was moving really fast. So yep. we, we as kids were laughing at that. Like <laughs> how fast it's moving! It's just ridiculous. <laughs> <sighs> So I was really, I, with the new computer, you know, I, I, I set up new Windows 10 because I had 7 before, so fresh installation, new parallels. Um, well, fresh installation, but the same version I had before. Installed StoryDial again, and I was really curious if, if my lag issue, you know, the, when the sluggishness happened, it is gone. And at first it seemed like, yeah, the, this, this looks like it's okay, but I wasn't sure. But then when I was working on like more, more different uh, courses, you know, I realized, no, this is more or less the same as it was, but a bit better because of the processor. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So I can still see, you know, when I drag the mouse to select objects, it's like I can go through the whole from the one side of the slide to the other, you know, through the, like non non slide space, I can do that really fast with a mouse, like normal speed of someone who's working like fast, and it's it's almost it, you don't even see the rectangle built. It's like I start in one corner, when I end, I wait like half a second, and then I can see the rectangle appear. You know, there's no really growing of 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 that rectangle of the selection rectangle it's just it suddenly appears it's not even drawing when I'm, I'm dragging so and i realized that well i noticed that it's even worse in a layer in a layer it's like i have like one frame per second animation on on the base layer it's better so that's also interesting like why why is this different so something still wrong here i think it's because i see i'm not the only one i see the forum posts and also (laughs) the the funny thing was that the like the, the the last update that storyline had uh sort of addressed this they said storyline can sometimes become sluggish if there are many objects on the slide something like that or in the background but i don't think this I don't see any difference, it's just the same I mean, I, I can work, it's not ve- it's not so horrible, but still, you know, it's it's not okay, I mean, it's definitely not okay and then someone, as, like for me as a power user, which I go really fast, click click you know, dragging things holding extra buttons and so on and it's really, it's, it slows me down and this is, I don't like that cause I'm a human, the computer should be faster than me so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, they yeah. should be doing our jobs for us by now. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should be relaxing and they should be taking care of all this uh, e-learning. Yeah, sometimes that uh, I really wish that 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 will become more uh like more
0: possible in the future cuz you know, you you have an idea and you know exactly what to do, but then you have to write, then you have to click through like 50 triggers, but you know exactly what to do. It's like, just translate my thoughts. Put triggers in, you know? <laughs> and all the variables and things that I don't need to click. Because I, I know everything. Just don't make me use the mouse. Just use my brain. Yep. But I guess I have to wait a few years for that. Yep. About three years, I think. Yeah. Three to five years. Everything's three to five years away. Don't you know that? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll I'll be keeping my eye out for, for updates in the future. And Dave, you also... Don't have a sunny situation with your video uh,
1: things. No, I've got a bit of a... Cloudy. bit of a cloudy day that I've been in. Yeah, uh, love storyline, but occasionally it's got to rain a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I've been working with... uh, I mean, basically, and, and I'm really interested in if other people have had this problem or if other people can create this problem because... I've been able to create it, and I know that you, Nate, you created it and had the same issue come up. So basically, I would... uh, I have five videos. They have audio with them. Um, You know, videos and audio. Um, I would create five slides. I'd put a video on each slide, and I don't know, they're maybe 30-second videos. Maybe one's 30 seconds, one's 45, I don't know, something like that. And um, on... On each slide, I set a uh, go to next slide when the timeline ends. So basically, no, you don't have to click next. It'll just move on to the next slide, move on to the next slide every time the video gets done. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only other thing I've done to the files, I just set the seek bar to be visible so I could see the seek bar. So, doesn't sound very complicated yet, but you go into an iPad or an Android device because uh, it works great on PC, just as you would expect it to, but on a tablet, and I, also, I'm not, I have not really seen it much on phones, smartphones, but on, on like a tablet, you, you're watching the videos, okay, the first one's great, yep, fantastic, I'm learning, I'm getting smarter, the second one, okay, yeah, I'm still getting smarter. And then when it gets to about the third one or fourth one, the first frame of the video is just frozen, and it doesn't freeze everything you can still see that the that the seek bar maybe it's using the mobile player at that point but you can still see it moving you can actually hit pause and play and the video starts right up like there's no problem like it doesn't freeze up the whole project it's just mm-hmm. that one video is kind of frozen on that first frame now it could go to the next frame and it'll still be frozen and it could go to the next one but then if you click around or if you interact with the slide, it frees it up again, and it works fine for maybe a few more slides and then stops. I, I've asked Articulate about this, and I was told that there, there's maybe a bug where it you can only view so many videos before it does this. But it, see, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't have any more information than that. It's a really weird thing. And yeah. it, unfortunately, it's a sort of situation where you know people are putting some money into some of these projects we're working on you know getting video done and all this and it's not really acceptable to not be able to play videos like this in a project mm-hmm. um in a tablet so if anyone else has had this problem or people could try this out um make sure your videos have audio cuz that seems to be videos without audio aren't doing the exact same thing so Please let me know if you're running at the same thing. I have tried everything. I've tried every smart way to get around this, every stupid way to get around this. Yeah. Uh I I can't get around it and and Nate you saw it too, so I I'm I don't yeah. not entirely insane.
0: No, you're not. You you, send, you 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 send me the videos you are using. I I put them in in a in a course. I exported the course. I ran it on the ipad and i think the first two played and then it was frozen on on the first frame for each video yeah and i actually recorded that and you you saw it yeah yeah
1: i did yeah thank you for doing that but and i've tried other videos and uh same same thing uh it's very strange so i i i tend to assume it's m- something i'm doing wrong um until i exhaust all all things I could be doing, I've tried to reencode um, many times the videos and audio, and uh, use different videos, and it seems to be a thing. So I'd love to get it figured out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really weird thing, and it's such a, it's. I think it's most frustrating because, like you said, it's a paying client. You're in a situation; it's not like you're testing something. And it seems like such a basic thing. It's you know, it's just videos. It's not a complex interactions with millions of triggers. Just, just play the exactly. video. Exactly. But uh. <laughs>
1: exactly, just play the video. That's yeah.
0: all. Yeah. <laughs> I, ho- I hope it's, it's it's gonna be fixed soon. We'll keep our eyes out for the update. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. If it is a if it is a problem with the software, because I've had other older courses that don't seem to do this. So. If it is something wrong with the software, I'd I'd love for this to get fixed as quickly as possible because obviously uh, we got projects that need to be built and uh, Mm. more and more we have clients that don't want the next button. They want the videos to just... We want the screens to just keep going from screen to screen automatically until maybe you hit an interaction. It's a nice kind of Mm. learner experience that way. So, um, But we can't do that if the videos freeze up. Yep. (sighs) Okay. I'm glad glad we talked about this. <laughs> you got it off your chest, man. I feel better.
0: Let's jump to Articulate Review. I must say I quite like this tool. I mean, it's it's a great addition to the whole suite. And it's also an awesome tool if you are working on videos. Because uh, I was working on, I don't know, a lot of uh, screencasting videos lately. It's Like mm-hmm. 38 of them for, for a project.
1: <laughs> That is a, yeah, I thought you were going to say like five.
0: No, no, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, and it ranged from like one minute to eight minutes. And eight minutes (laughs) one were really, that that one takes some time to edit. Let's just say that. So I was really happy with the ones that were like four minutes, because it's half the time to develop a video. Uh, Anyway, we were using Articulate Review for reviewing the videos and uh, you know it's it's an awesome way to do that cuz it's it's a free tool you go to articulate review website articulate reviews website and you click on upload video you upload your video and then you just play the video and you uh, the, the comment that is inserted by your client has a nice timestamp uh, so once you click the timestamp stamp is you know inserted and you when they comment you can see exactly to what part of the videos are they commenting to. So that's great. Um, There are a few downsides. Uh, It's a really weird thing because videos, it seems that videos in the review tool cannot have versions. So you cannot upload the next version of the video, but you have to upload a new video with a new link, you know, Mm-hmm. So my process was just to rename the old one, I don't know, version one, upload the second one, name it version two, and then send the new link to the client. Uh, so that was really strange. I mean, why why aren't versions supported? And I saw I'm not the only one that wants this, that there are people are discussing this this in the forums. And the other weird thing is that the the comments are not in a chronological order as you would expect them to be. Uh, I'm not sure what the order is. May- I think I feel like it's just order of the when the comment was inserted, like first comment, second, third, fourth, and, and it doesn't matter what time is that in the videos because it it goes all all over the place, you know. So yeah, it's that's a bit annoying. <laughs> How come this is not in an order? So that's that's just something I guess they will have to update. Um, still with all of these downsides, you know, we used it for all the 38 videos and we're going to use it in the future because these 38 videos I'm going to do now in, in two different other languages. So that's going to be interesting.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's great. I I hadn't thought of (laughs) using that. Um, I, uh, we are using review more and more Mm -hmm. as time goes. Um, and sometimes we, uh, Sometimes we'll even upload it, and we will uh, will inspect, you know, the page and find mm-hmm. the actual HTML file, the actual link just to the story file, oh yeah, uh, story.html file, so that you don't have all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, on video, I'll throw out another site that we sometimes use, which is Frame.io, which I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. before. That's another video review tool that works pretty well. Uh, but since you brought up review, can I say one thing? I'd love to have changed in review uh, go ahead the background color of a project mm-hmm. will be ignored and it will just be that gray color Yeah, that's the default and sometimes if we have a darker background y- you can't see the menu and some of the other <laughs> elements that are outside of kind of the slide do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. um, and that makes it a little bit harder to, to review sometimes so, yeah. just throw that out there. Yeah, and you, you, when you were saying about the, where, where that
0: the, you the, that you inspected the website and you found the direct HTML link to the to the course, I I have like a middle of the road solution for that because, and this is if you just want to show the course, not the review part. Um, if you disable the comments, like you go into settings of the review. And you say disable the comments for this course. The the basically the right pane disappears. So what you're left is just a nice player in the middle, and there's just articulate logo on top. I think so. It's really clean. So it's also a great way just to hmm. demo something, you know. So that just uh, maybe.
1: Does it still yeah. put your Does it still put your uh, name and picture on it, or does it hide that? I'm not sure, but we can uh,
0: we can check right now we have the technology. Okay, I'm 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 copying the link. Okay, private browsing tab or window. Let's see. Slow link, it's opening.
1: play by play.
0: It's uh actually no, on the on the le- there's no there's no picture on the left. It's uh, articulate logo and then the title created by Nate Jorgedrumen and on the right you see sign in button. And it says review also, because...
1: Okay, it, it still says who it was created by, though? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, I'll have to look at that, because sometimes, you know, when we're... We've got a lot of people working on stuff, and it's, you know, we kind of don't want names on things. So, um, but that's not a bad... that That's a nice, quick solution for a lot of cases, because we do a lot of testing through it, too, mm-hmm. because it's a good server to test from. It's also, I think yeah. it's, it's compliant. I don't know if it's SCORM or what, but... Um, I guess it's i don't know but i know i can publish stuff to it and i can uh i can go to another browser or a different computer and it will pick up from where i left off so it's got uses some compliance i'm not sure what though
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it, also if you don't have like a private ftp or something and you want to show off your course that's i think that's totally fine to do that i mean I don't. I don't see any big issues with that. It's, it's, it's great. It's free. It works. Just send yeah. the links.
1: <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Articulate Review. I figure we'll get get a check in the mail if I say that. <laughs> 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 yep. Okay.
0: Now I have some storyline tips. I have three tips ready. The first one is a bit bigger tip because I'll more or less explain how I was working on a project and then to shorter ones. Now, I had a client had uh, like a circle, let's call it a wheel, because I'm going to be repeating this word throughout this explanation. So this wheel had seven colors on it. And the idea was that uh, the user would turn the wheel to a certain color, and when that color is selected, then you know something would happen on the slide, and and specifically these were like lenses of uh of of glasses, and when you're turning, you know, the, you th- you change the 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 color of the lens directly on on the on the glasses itself. So you're just rotating that wheel, and you 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 keep changing the colors of the glasses, uh, of or or that lens, the right lens, and you know uh, it was a bit tricky you know at, at first i w- i had to be really careful cuz uh, when the designer was designing these lenses uh you know they they designed it fine i mean if you look at that 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 design it lo- all looks okay but the problem was that you know these these are not circles these are like egg shaped objects these lenses you know because of the design of the glasses and the problem was that when when I was when I was starting rotating this, I saw that they are not aligned like pixel perfect. So I would rotate it, you know, half a turn, and the lens was not exactly fitting in the glasses. So my first the first step was I had to just to redo the whole wheel thing and just put everything. As much as possible, pixel perfect. So, you know, I did that just in Photoshop with some grouping and so on. But then I put it in storyline and I convert it to a dial. You just uh, basically select an object, go to a dial and say convert to dial. And then, you know, I had seven colors and I wanted to have some And I didn't want the the user to just drag the color and it would switch immediately. I wanted some, you know, smoothness. So there there were some steps between each color and there were eight steps. So, you know, the yellow started at zero and then when you turn, you go one, two, three, four, and then at eight, you have the blue one and then at 16, you have the next one and so on and so on and so on. And, you know, that was fine. (laughs) But the idea was also that, uh, you know, you could just turn... The wheel, this, you could turn this dial any direction, you know, many times. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost unlimited. Um, so what I did was I, I said, I don't know what I said the rotation to a lot. <laughs> so many degrees. <laughs> I think I had like 3600 degrees or something. Um, and so, and eight steps and all the steps were, I had 560 steps. So each if you were if you kept turning, you could have each color 10 times, you know, cuz it's 8 8 times per 8 times per color and it's seven colors is 56 and then 10 times everything and it's you get to 560. Okay. So, after this long intro, my first, well, my basically my first uh challenge was that I had to display the name of the color that was selected. Now, the, 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 the challenge was that, you know, like I said, you, you kept turning this dial and every color appeared 10 times. So w- what I did not want to do is have a trigger that says change, uh, state of the, you know, name object to yellow, uh, when variable changes. And then I would have to have if, uh, Variable is 8, variable is 72, variable is, I don't know, 112, and so on. I didn't want to have that 10 conditions, because it it felt like, ah, oh,
1: this is too much, I don't want to... Yeah, it starts multiplying very quickly.
0: Yeah, it, at the end it would be like, it it would be 7 triggers, but every trigger would have 10 conditions. Um, So I really did not, did not like that idea, although that's like a... Simple, dumb solution. I was not happy with that. I, I wanted, I wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> and on, and it really bugged me. And on my, on my, and I'm a like, uh, religious podcast listener and I was driving from Ljubljana back home here and I was thinking about this problem. And I just, I just stopped the podcast. I couldn't listen. I was just thinking, thinking, so what? Why? How could I do it? And the, 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 the thing that was keeping me like keeping me going forward was that, you know, all the, like the relations between the colors and, and, and the same color was always the same. It's like everything was eight steps apart and every color is like 56 steps, uh, when it repeats, you know. So I was thinking okay something has I have to do something with the 8 or 56 so can I divide something how can I get to this like common denominator that that's what I wanted uh and I saw the division doesn't really you know bear any fruit so I got an idea so the idea was that if I like I have a random color I don't know 416 and if I start subtracting 56 from that number you know it would go down I don't know 350 200 and so on and so on but at the end it would come somewhere between you know zero and zero at 56 that that's that's where it would land at the end and because all of my colors the the first one starts at zero then 8 16 24 and so on and so on to so 256 I was thinking okay when it comes between 0 and 56 I will know, either that this is not the color or that this is one of the colors I need. So actually, I ended up with seven triggers that had one condition, you know. So if I read it now, it's like change the state of the name tag to yellow when, you know, variable changes if variable is equal to zero. And then the next one... uh, uh, it's eight. If it's eight, change it to that one. And if it's sixteen, change it to the that, that one. And then it's twenty-four and thirty-two and forty and forty-eight. And then I, I nailed everything because uh, it it was just seven triggers and seven conditions. And I had then one extra trigger that it says that when variable changes, change the name to blank, basically, you know. So when user is moving it, there, there's nothing moving the wheel, there, there's nothing because there's no color selected yet. But when he stops, uh, this calculation is made. And at the, at the end, I see if this is a color or not. And the way I'm subtracting is just, you know, my usual dumb method to have a, a looping animation of an object off to the off to the side. Uh, it goes once per, uh, so one-tenth of a second, the, the, the quickest way possible. So it takes no more than one second to do calculations and display if that's the color I want or, or not. And I know this is a bit complicated uh, listening to this, so we are going to do a video about this and ki- keep your eyes out. We will display how this is done in, in a video. Yeah.: Yeah, it's, it's complex. Sorry.:
1: Yeah, you showed me this.: No, no, yeah, you showed me this. and this was, uh, it's a great solution. to be honest, side note. Can I say I wish like high school was taught high school math was taught with these sort of s- situations because yeah. I think I would be much more interested in cuz the output isn't just more math it's a, some sort of visual you know you, something is happening and mm-hmm. um yeah to be able to build stuff to be able to minimize your conditions is is a big thing and that was a nice solution to very quickly bring it down to Uh, what it needed to be because yeah as you as you rotate that dial more and more and more your variables just of course they're divisible by 8 but they keep they keep going up to a number that you yeah you'd have have to have an addition for and if you wanted to make it rotate more and more and more every time every kind of 360 degrees you want it to be able to rotate more you'd have another you have to add 8 to everything and you'd have to just keep going until uh uh, yeah. for infinity so um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's a real nice solution and yeah we will show how that was done how you did that in uh yeah. in a video i think that'll be uh really uh clear yeah uh which works cuz they're glasses so it should be clear yeah well i have to i'll have to
0: because of nda i will have to use a different design but it will be the same approach oh
1: yeah uh windows Win- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we'll use windows <laughs> colored windows yeah no no, no the 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 solution itself, yeah I mean that that could definitely if you're trying to do things with games and various things uh using dials and you want a dial to move like more than one revolution, then yeah uh, this is a good way to check to see if someone made a decision or, or made a choice the right way without having to have a billion conditions Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree of course i agree i I did the thing (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and actually then after that which was quite successful client went um nate could you add some sort of snapping if user is just one step away can you snap back you know to the can you snap the color in the glasses huh? is that possible and yeah f- of course it's possible so uh, now i'm i'm also watching if it's um if it's below like if if 8 is your target then if i if i see if it's 7 i add plus 1 if it's 9 i i i subtract 1 from the variable so that's also then an extra that was an extra step um and i was trying to find even I wanted to make this even more elegant, but I, that was the best I came up. Because it's when I was explaining, I was just talking about the one variable. There, there are basically two, because because things, uh, complications, and so on. <laughs> You'll see it in the video, but yeah, uh, snapping is also nice. So that's it's really nice because when you release, it just snaps in, in, in the, into the glasses, and it, it looks nice. So it like it fixes your movement for you.
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool if at some point dials could do that kind of inherently, where you could have a mm-hmm. checkbox to have free rotation, but it would still, whenever you'd let go of the dial, it would still snap to the closest point you were. So if you have five steps in a three hundred sixty degree rotation, mm-hmm. and you could st- you could click and drag it really smoothly, it doesn't have to go jump to a step, jump to a step, jump to a step, but then you can rotate it smoothly, but whenever you let it go near one of those steps, it just automatically snaps to it. Um, you can certainly build triggers and things to do that, but um, it would be cool if it was part of the dial.
0: Mm-hmm. I concur. I strongly concur. Right. So, dear listener, if you are still with us, I have two more. <laughs> uh, but this one, this one is much easier. Uh, still a bit? Not really super complex, but um, it was a nice, it was a nice uh, challenge that I had. So the problem was I had a slide where a user had to type something in a, in a text box. And I saw that the problem is, uh, that users didn't know that after they write something, they have to click the submit button. So sort of we're, we're not showing like with, Thousands of errors were not showing. Shows uh, well, click submit. So, but I didn't want to show that message unless necessary. So my idea was that I wanted to, that I wanted to check if user has stopped typing. That was like that's what I wanted. That that would be the ideal solution. If user stops typing for ten seconds, that means okay, something's up. So I was looking into that and I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not fluent in JavaScript and fluent in triggers, trigger script in storyline. So I was thinking, okay, how can I do that? I I know there's not a trigger to to say if user presses any key, you know, so that that doesn't exist. Um, So what I did was, okay, so I started with a variable that that's called typing at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it's a true/false variable, and it doesn't doesn't even matter if if it's true or false. And then I put again an object off to the side that had an animation path with uh, duration of three point five seconds. Okay, so this is all well and nice. And now now my idea was that I want to keep moving that object, like starting the move of that object every time a key is pressed. However, there is no press any key trigger. So what I did was I, I googled what are the most common uh, letters in, in English alphabet. And I got, I i, I wrote out the first 10. That's, that's all I needed. I didn't, I didn't want to have like 20, 27? How many letters there are? 28? 26 (laughs) Okay, I I knew it was more than us Uh, so I I just put 10 in in a trigger that says adjust variable typing at the moment to not assignment when user presses a key A so I have A-I-O-U-E-T-H-S-D-L-R so these are the most common ones because I was thinking if you're typing something you're going to hit one of those sooner or later so, I just adjust the variable to not assignment. If you don't know what that means, that it means, and this is only possible for variables that are true or false, or true-false or variables, uh, that it just changes to, if it's true, it's going to go to false, and if it's false, it's going to go to true, it doesn't matter. It just keeps, it keeps changing the variable. So, I have this trigger for every key that's pressed, that is pressed, of of these 10 letters. Um so every time user pressed one of those keys, I started to move the object again, again, again. So object was as long as you kept typing the, the animation never completed for that object. Which which now I sort of gave out the hint what happens if the animation actually completes? In that case that means that the user was was User stopped typing. The animation completed, and at that point, it gave me information. Okay, now I can display the information for the user. So, if that object animation completes, I slide in a notification that says, with with a big arrow, "Click Submit when ready." You know. So, if someone stops typing, okay, then I can show you some information because I don't want to just mess up the whole screen with that info if you haven't written a, a letter. So yeah, that was my solution, and it, it worked great. And and it's easily adjustable. The timing, you know, of the animation, you can just adjust from three sec, three point five seconds to ten seconds, and then you just sort of change the interaction itself. So it's easily, you know, it's it's versatile in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Now you say
1: awesome, Nights. Oh yeah. Sorry. No. <laughs> I, no, I was I had it on mute, and I was trying to double check that it. I couldn't see if it was on mute still. No, that's great. I mean, you know, we've got... We always want to kind of have an action item for them, or at least they should know when they are to do something. And mm-hmm. sometimes that submit, you know, the, the more we even get away from using the next button, like we were saying, the less they even see the submit button uh, if you use the default submit button. Um, but e- mm-hmm. either way, you know, more and more we're getting to where it's like, why well, have the extra yeah. something or other, and they they might miss what they need to do. So to be able to recognize... When they might be ready to move on is uh, great usability.
0: Yeah. And now, just another short tip that I sort of discovered the hard way. Um, you know, is uh, it's actually from the same course. When we're when we're using a quiz, we have also the feedback layer that user can check if they revisit the slide. You know, so after you submit there is a button that says feedback, you know. So if user goes back and and, and uh, comes to a quiz that he already answered, he or she can click the feedback button and they'll get, you know, the feedback layer and, and check what are the correct answers or so on. So what I had, I had a simple trigger that said show the submit button when user presses the submit button, you know, because so after they submit the interaction, Just display the, display the button so it's gonna be useful for later. Mm -hmm. And that's all, that's all well and good and it, it, it works. The problem is, the problem is the, the submit button and, uh, well, the storyline's native submit button is the problem. Cause you can click the submit button, but if user hasn't selected anything or hasn't answered the question, you will get a notification pop-up that says, Oh, please answer this, it's invalid, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Your trigger gets executed, and then I'm, you know, user can just press press that button and I I and then I show this and, and, then, and then I show the feedback button, but that's not correct because they haven't answered actually answered, they just clicked the submit button. So <laughs> I saw that okay. I should not use that trigger because user can use that button and they're not really answering anything. And then I just move the trigger to the, you know, feedback layer to correct or incorrect. And that's, that's when I change the feedback button itself. So <laughs> don't use it on the submit button because you might get in trouble.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I wouldn't have thought about that until I'd run into it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I I think I went back and, and fixed like three courses quickly because that's <laughs> that's where I made the mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh
0: okay. From from sort of my newbie mistake to, to to some of yours. I mean not yours, your examples, Dave. Uh
1: yeah, I've got three items and uh I'll just kind of uh run through them quickly, but these are all kind of additional newbie things that uh maybe not really mistakes, but things if you don't know there are things you can do, um, you kind of skip over them, and they might be very helpful. They might save you some time and some frustration. Uh, The first one is labeling your timeline uh, layers and slide layers. Uh, If you put new objects on your timeline, they'll end up being... Picture one, picture two, slider mm-hmm. one, text box one and two, rectangle yeah. one, rectangle two. You know, I'm sure you've had that. And have then, that happen. Hop- ha- have it happen and, all the time. And
0: then you start to copying them. You know, when you copy them, then you have rectangle two one yeah. and then rectangle two yeah. one two 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 three.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yep. And and similar to uh, layers, you add new layers, and it'll be like untitled. Layer one, if I'm, if I think I, that's what it is, untitled layer two. Um, but when you go to use triggers and you're getting used to using triggers, you'll see picture one, picture two. And while you can often roll out, while it'll often kind of highlight, if you can see behind your trigger panel, what uh, object you're referring to, mm-hmm. is a lot easier sometimes if, um, you know, picture one is labeled snowman or dinosaur you you know you can just say oh i need to do this to the dinosaur layer uh, or or object on screen um and so if you if you label those and you can just you can double click and just uh, i think double click or right click and rename or whatever it is but you can you can rename picture one to whatever you need uh same with uh you know your rectangles and your shapes if you if you label all those properly it'll just speed up your time not just at that time, but in the future, if you have to go back and you want to reuse things, whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. For for the labeling when when I have drag and drop interactions, my
1: oh yeah, that's a big one.
0: My often used uh, names are you know drag one, drag two, drag three, and then drop one, drop two, drop three, and then if you if you're working on, working in a, like a free form thing. That's super easy then just to match. Drop one, drag one, drop two, drag two, and so on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Drag and drops when you have to choose a whole bunch of things from the uh from the form view, uh yeah. that that speeds it up uh quite a yeah. bit.
0: In that case basically it's I think it's better not to have like snowman bumblebee and so on and just have drag one drop one drag two drop two cuz that, that's that's the like the, the mechanics that you need it doesn't matter what's on the image as long as it matches the drop target.
1: <laughs> yeah. So long story short you can you can relabel things rename them so you can easily find them. Yeah. A- and then my next one is is about uh it's actually kind of a combination of things, but uh, you have your menu on the left, which is typical. You'll see that when you start a new project. Um, I, I see people that don't realize that you can... They, they might know you can turn that menu off, but they might not realize that you can uh, jump into the player properties and bump that up into a the top bar right or top bar left, which is basically saying instead of that menu, I want it to be a drop down. Uh, basically, I want the word menu at the top left or top right. And when I click it, I want a drop down of that same menu. Uh, and you can certainly go in and configure that menu. So it's not, you know, it's, it's how you want it to be. But um, to be able to really quickly move that is uh, very helpful. And you can do that with other things too. Like you'd also see in that left bar, you'd see maybe uh, glossary or notes. You could take either of those and also move those uh, into that top bar left or top bar right area, and um, and you can rename those too. It doesn't have to say menu; it could say navigation. Or maybe if you're localizing this or you know, translating it, you could rename it something else. Or you could change your notes to transcript, and instead of it being notes, you can put your text transcript, your audio transcript in in that as well, and have it be a drop down from the either the. The top left or top right of your mm-hmm. player so mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of configuration that you can you can do a lot of times you don't you want to have a menu like that if you built a menu like that in storyline it would be a lot of triggers it would be complicated Yeah. Um. so yeah. If, you, if you can reuse that menu but you don't want it on the left you, you know sometimes that's in the way it's taking up too much space it's kind of might be obnoxious you know to see this all the time uh, so mm-hmm. to be able to kind of Bump it out of the way uh, can be very useful.
0: Yep, yep. I also used it in like totally custom player, totally everything custom, custom. But we have used the, the like drop down menu just so the user had some some sort of indication who, what he has uh, already done and if if she wants to jump back to a certain slide
1: or so on. Yep, exactly. And mm-hmm. and a, uh, a a newbie thing to know to Point one, I'll add a little extra. Um, you can also lock that menu down if you need to uh, so that people can't jump ahead even though they can see the menu. Uh, yeah. not, a lot of people don't like to lock their sites down, but sometimes you have kind of requirements or maybe it's in the benefit of uh, the information. So number three, um, mm-hmm. knowing about format painter and animation painter. I've talked about format painter a bit. And that gives you a lot of ability to uh, speed up your development process by, let's say you've got a shape and you've spent a lot of time on the drop shadow and how the text looks and and uh, the coloring and you know everything like that. And you've got another shape on screen. And say you want, maybe it's a button, so you want the buttons to look the same. All you have to do is click the first button that you spent all that time on go up to the, you'll see it top left, it's called Format Painter in the home menu, I think, home ribbon, mm-hmm. click that, and then click on your other shape that is uh, uh, using whatever the default look is, and it will uh, basically basically duplicate all those settings, all that configuration you did on the first one, to the new one. Yep. Uh, and it also works with states, which is a big thing. If you spend all this time making a button that also has a hover state that has unique... A unique look and feel to it, um, in a visited state, whatever it might be, it will 99% of the time carry that over um, into a new button. So you can very quickly uh, create buttons that all work the same way. Uh, I said 99% because uh, every once in a while something doesn't get carried over right, so it's good to like take a look and make sure it does carry things over right, uh, but that's Format Painter. And just like Format Painter, there's also Animation Painter. If you're in the Animation uh, ribbon and you have an object that has, maybe it fades in a certain way, it could even have a motion path on it. And um, if you've got another object on screen and you want it to have those same attributes, same uh, way it animates in, uh, same timing to that animation, uh, you know, same settings on your motion path, all you have to do is click that first object, hit the animate uh hit the animation painter button and then hit your second object that you want to carry that over to and voila there you go you got it it took 2 seconds and now both objects will act the same way yep yep animation painter and n format painter are often used by
0: me and i would just add two things uh for the animation painter you can also <laughs> paint if the object that you are painting from does not have any animations. So that's an easy way just to remove animations from other objects. So that's another little tip. Yeah, brilliant. And 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 one more that addresses Format Painter and Animation Painter. If you double-click the button... It does not deselect once you click on the target object. You can just keep on clicking, 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 and that's something I do very often. Uh, so just double click on the the the, uh, the button, and then just you know go to town, click on every object you want, and you can format and animate, paint animation, paint everything.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good extra tip. Yeah, you don't have to keep going back and hitting the button on each thing. You can just. Uh... You don't have to keep uh, putting your brush in the paint bucket. <laughs> you can just keep painting. Yeah, because we have digital brushes now. They work better.
0: They do. <laughs> <laughs> and on that happy note, I think, Dave, it's time to wrap up. This was longer than I thought. I think, I think my glasses took like 45 minutes from the whole show. Um,
1: but I, I hear that you are uh, available on the interwebs. C- can you tell the listeners? Yes, sir. You can find me if you need uh, custom e-learning. You can check out illumangroup.com, I-L-L-U-M-E-N-G-R-O-U-P.com. I've uh, got a lot of videos and things at youtube.com slash e And you can find me on Twitter at uh, Dave underscore Charney. <laughs> like double-checking, that's right. Uh, Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about you, Nates? Where can people find you? Uh, Well, you cannot
0: find me under David Charney nickname on Twitter, but you can find me on Twitter (laughs) under NEJCD or Nate's D. And uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can visit eLearningBrewery.com. There's my email. And if you have a question, suggestion or other feedback, for the show, you can go to theelearningguys.com. There's a form on the website and you can you can ask us anything. Maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they can ask us anything. I don't know that we'll respond to everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So take care, everyone. I'll, we'll
1: talk to you in the next episode. Yep. Take care and happy learning.